Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall show here on New Zealand Sports Radio on, yeah, Monday, the 29th of June. And we have got a stellar lineup tonight because we're going to talk about North-South eligibility. We've got a global season to chat out. Got some club rugby to go over. Um, Super Rugby Australia is coming up. Super Rugby Aotearoa uh, is also ongoing. And we've had a sacking of a coach. Obviously, one of those things that uh, we, as in, in our rugby union, High pompous selves have gone, those bad NRL people, sacking coaches mid-season. It's something you should not do. And you know what? We've gone and done it ourselves. So there you go. Um, we're not all um, uh, thinking with jig and light and holier than thou and all that kind of stuff. So joining me uh, today, um, we have the, the return of John O'Connor. How are you doing, sir? Um, sweet like a lemon. Thank you, Drew. Sweet like a lemon. And that's because he's hanging out at the beach going for walks along the sand and, you know, sunbathing and swimming in this rain. It's all fantastic. He's, he's living, living the high life, eh? Tell you, I hope you beach. I did a three-hour three walk on the beach today. Tough, wow. Man, but I'm, push, I'm pushing through. Um, and, uh, Dwayne, Poliativo, uh, obviously you you have been having sort of massages and uh, just putting your body back together after a weekend of getting bashed, I take it, I guess. Oh, I actually missed last weekend. Uh, my first game was a uh, week before. I had, um, had a few family things to catch up on. Um, been a crazy week. So uh, the boys did get up, um, which was good. And then uh, we're gearing up for a massive weekend of uh, against the ponies, the mighty ponies. Well, yep, Stephen's going to go take us through, uh, going to go through all the club stuff from Northland downwards. Well, actually, we're going to stop at Waikato. Sorry, folks, we don't have experts below Waikato. Um, Stephen, you got out to uh, to a, to a game as well at the weekend, didn't you? Yes, I did. I got along to watch uh, Ponsonby the uh, Rifles Rifles playing at home in front of a, a very very boisterous crowd. And by the way, forgive me. Good evening, everybody, and good, good evening to everybody uh, tuning into the show. But uh, yeah, boisterous crowd at uh, Rifles Rifles Park on that uh, AstroTurf. Uh, type stadium which is a little bit weird but uh, it, it makes for for good uh, underfoot conditions and uh, it was a 
first half of that game, very, very niggly. I won't get into it too much, Paul, because we obviously got a few results from around the Blues region and, of course, uh, Waita Waikato club results to get through. We do, but actually, you're talking about that um, those artificial pitches. I've, I've played at, um, uh, at College Rifles purely uh, touch rugby, not contact rugby. But Dwayne, have you have you been have you played on those pictures on those pictures down at um, at College Rifles? Yeah, I have actually. Um, it's um, it, it isn't too bad. Um, it's actually quite soft underfoot, uh, but sort of gets to the knees. Um, if you're in lower back um, when you're training there, usually during rep season, uh, they have all the sort of club. Oh, sorry, not the club. The Auckland rep teams train there. Um, I'm not sure if they still uh, sort of train there, but yeah, yeah, it gets quite tough on the knees and also lower back. Um, but what about because um, th they've got one there that's um, that's the the black rubber. There are different types of astro pitches. You've got black rubber ball one. You've got mm. water. You've got sand based. Clearly, yep. you don't want to play rugby on sand based. Um, I, this is that's a hockey pitch. But on the rubber ball one, what about abrasions and stuff? How is it on? How is it from that point of view? Well, you definitely get some new tattoos on the knees and 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 also calves and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no, no, it's not too bad. Um, uh, you get a couple of grazes, uh, but it's you know all seasons, mate. It's uh, definitely. Perfect for Auckland weather, um, you know, you get four seasons in, in one day in Auckland. So, uh, yeah, this artificial turf's not too bad. Not too bad? Okay, cool. Um, just wanted to, because uh, I know there are some players, I mean, Jack Nowell, for example, um, doesn't play on um, uh, on artificial pitches because of his knees, uh, which is, mm. um, so, yeah, so it's, uh, I was just, yeah, I was wondering how, how other players um might do it. I mean, do you know some players who don't who who sort of avoid the artificial ones, or do they, or is it generally accepted as being as being kind of standard okay nowadays? I do actually. I think um, there's a couple of uh, front rows uh, that tend to. Um, the, the, I noticed quite a bit in the states that the the astro tip is quite short, um, so it doesn't, it's not suitable for props um, when they're scrummaging and stuff like that. So um, yeah, but other than that, I think it's uh, it's pretty much the norm now. I know. A lot of English clubs have gone towards artificial turf, um, you know, with their uh, weather and stuff like that. So uh, I think it's the way to go in the future. You know, um, the Waikato Stadium is not 100% grass. When I grass, say that, yeah. there's a whole lot of, of stuff underneath the grass that is placed there that's not normal turf in order mm -hmm. to let the stuff go through. And then they have some, some sort of green beading type stuff that pokes its way up through and then the grass grows up through that but basically they've got like a mesh and stuff that prevents uh weeds from taking on there and so there's a it's a very scientific thing so but you couldn't really even say that beautiful waikato stadium is purely grass it isn't yeah. it's a bit of a hybrid the and yeah from a personal point of view i think the hybrids are the best ways to go i know that from a uh, from a community point of view, sometimes the the artificial ones are better because you can obviously use it for twenty four hours a day, pretty much, um, and it can get used as much as you like. We've seen over in the NRL that um, some players, or, or there's some question marks around injuries because of overuse of pitches. Uh, but I do know that uh, Exeter Chiefs, for example, have got a, 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 a hybrid pitch, but they train and play on the same pitch, um, so they say it saves them money on not having to have a training ground, for example. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely. I definitely think that, that um, just grass is a thing of the past um, for for well for top level rugby. It can't take the wear. That's the thing. Yeah. 
um, you, even if you try and just get grass, you've got to get something that allows it to drain away underneath. You've got to just have normal turf underneath. It just, it just won't last. But your question about injuries is really valid because I'd love to see what the stats are over the last five to ten years since that stadium was built in Hamilton because just anecdotally, without seeing any figures, it appears to me that the Chiefs have had the most shocking list of injuries across Super Rugby of any of the teams. I mean, in the last few years, they've just had crops, you know, falling constantly and and cycling through players, cycling through players, especially in the forwards. That's what it seems to be. So, you know, I'd love to see a little bit of research done into what is the injury rate on the various types of turf. The uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't have any have any research being done on that. But anyway, so um, let's move on to our news items. Though North versus South eligibility. Um, so with the they've announced that it's the first um, Mighty Ten Cup team that you played for. Um, who wants to go off the uh, on, on the long run off on this one as to why it's a bad idea? <laughs> I just want to know if Dwayne's available for selection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think there's majority, there's a lot of kids out there that are already playing. Um, you know, I've sort of just come from overseas, so um, I mean, I'll put my hand up if, if the opportunity was to rise. But there's a lot of uh, kids up here in North, so no, it should be interesting. Um, there's a lot of talent, uh, and it'll probably be a, a trial um, for a lot of, well, mostly for the All Blacks as well. So it should be interesting. It will be. Um, Stephen, your views, uh, what, do you, what do you think of the eligibility rule of it being the first Mice 10 Cup team that you've played for? I'd, I'd like to think they'd do some market research and, you know, a lot of a lot of these play, players, even though there's many that school in Auckland, they have affiliations to to basically to Northland or other parts of, of New Zealand, but I suppose if that keeps them in the North Island, then you know they probably should be playing for the for the North Island and then you've got the likes of Anton Leonard Brown uh, Damian McKenzie guys like that who all played down in Christchurch their <clears throat> excuse me their early rugby I think McKenzie's actually got uh, affiliations to Invercargill so maybe they place maybe he plays two boys play for the South Island I, I think that that might be the right way to do it you know as opposed to doing something completely random so but yeah, okay. So Nicholas um, Friedlander um, has done some fantastic work on Twitter. Thank you, mate. You did tag me in on this and ask me what I thought about this. So here we go. Um, this is um, this is the the here is a potential South Island team based on the first Mice Ten Cup team they played for. Moody, Cody Taylor, Luolala across the front row. I think it's fine there. Parry Parry Parkinson at four um, uh, with Sam Whitelock. Frizzell, Dylan Hunt, Cullen Grace in the six, seven, uh, eight jerseys. Okay. Brad Weber. Wow. Not someone I would associate with the South Island, um, but apparently, yeah, he played uh, for Otago first. Richard Mwanga, um, a back line of Goodhue and Enor in the, in the centres with Bridge, Will Jordan, uh, Jordy Barrett. Jordy Barrett, very famous Taranaki um, person, again, uh, but he played Isn't for... Good. Didn't could you play for uh, Northland or North Harbour first? Did nope. He? he first he first played for Canterbury and then moved back to North Harbour because North Harbour is where okay. he, that's right. But moved back to Northland as Northland is where he's from. Okay. Um, on well, the my bench, bad, you're gonna, I posted that on Twitter. You, you're on the money. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, so a bench of Liam Coltman, Daniel Lennett-Brown, Tyrrell Lomax, Mitch Dunshay, Gareth Evans, Mitch Dr Mitchell Drummond, an Auckland boy, um, Josh Iwani, um, and Rob Thompson. Um, so immediately... Uh, can I just say that maybe we should include Dan Carter in that uh, mix? I hear, well, this is he's not, he's not first choice at the moment. Um, the <laughs> behind he's behind Josh Iwani. Um, the uh, um, so immediately there, you have, I can see you. Yeah, you're like, oh, what? Good Hugh, um, is it? And Parry Parry Parkinson, Stephen, is he a is he a Northland boy as well? Uh, Parry Parry Parkinson, <clears throat> I actually believe is originally from from the coast, but may have spent time at uh, Rotorua Boys. I'm I'm a bit. Um, put off by a little bit Josh Ioani. Now, Josh Ioani has got ties to both Northland and Auckland. His um, his uh, father is, is Samoan and his mother is uh, Māori, so his whakapapa is actually from the far north. So that's a bit of, once again, another random one where you're asking him to play for the South Island. Well, South it, Island, it yep. Doesn't quite make sense. Doesn't okay, make here's, sense here's your potential North Island side then. Um, Carl Twinakapi, Coles, uh, Fassi. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. I know you're English, mate, but you've got to do better with Cole Tui and Luki. I mean, even this ex South African <laughs> can pronounce that better, right? You've got to make a better to Nukia, Nukies, Nuki, what is it? Come on, mate, exactly. Come so, on. big Cole, Dane Cole, and uh, <laughs> Fassi are the front row, nice. via Fafita, Patrick Turpolotu in the engine room, uh, Mikali Tu. Uh, Sam Kane and Hoskins Tasutu are the Ulysses. Aaron Smith at, at, um, at nine because he's a obviously a Manawa two turbos boy. Bowden Barrett at ten, um, but Geordie Barrett's uh, on the other. Go, anyway, never mind. Um, <laughs> Central a sense combination of Lamapi and Rico Iwani, Caleb Clark, Sebi Reese, and Damien McKenzie. A good. Um, Southland boy at uh, uh, 15 for the North Island. On your bench, uh, Amua, uh, Aidan Johnson, uh, Angus Taavo, um, Luke Jacobson, Ardi Surveyor, TJ Pirinara, Hanson Leonard Brown, another go another boy from the South Island, um, and Mark Talia. So, it, Paul, it's the rebirth of the Pacific Island uh, barbarians, mate, because if you pulled a few of the European boys out of that, it's, it's close to the Pacific Island barbarians. Forget about the, forget about the North Island. They could have, we, we, could actually have, we could have three teams. Why can't we have three teams? We have three teams. We have a South Island team, a North Island team, and a Pacific Island barbarians team. Put, put your hand up if you agree with me. We make a combined Northland South Auckland team. That should do really well. Northland Central uh, and South Africa. So, so what you were asking us to come up with a long run on that proposal that it's based on your first night in the team. Are you saying I think it, it should be something else? I think it should be something else. I think it should. I think it. Um, I think it should be someone like Kieran Reed, for example, would also have been a a South Island team, but he's clearly a county's Manukau boy. Um, and when he didn't have, and when he got to choose towards the end of his career, where he chose, to, where he wanted to be associated with, he chose county's Manukau, even though he don't think he ever played for them. Um, so yeah, I, I I would much rather go with 
the where does a player feel like he's come from and let them actually nominate whether they're a South or a North Islander um, personally. Because I think, yeah, I think that, that's rather than it being arbitrarily who would give them their first game of rugby. Um, the counter argument to that is that the South Island would be too weak um, has been the uh, has been a suggestion as to why they took minor 10 rather than first 15 um, as your eligibility. But uh, looking at the strength of Tasman and Canterbury, I think there's plenty of boys down there to uh, put together a decent South Island side. Stephen? No, I heard exactly the opposite, Stephen. You, you jump in here that, that if they'd gone first team, it would have been the South Island would have been too weak. Is that not true? Listen, guys, in, in, in all honesty, the easiest thing to do is just have the Highlanders and the Crusaders, the best team, the best players out of those teams, and then the best players out of the Blues, the Chiefs, and the um, and the Hurricanes. It, 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 it's it's pretty simple, pretty simple, really. And you'll because with the Crusaders, you'll still get a very very strong side. The bulk of that team will be from the Crusaders, but you'll probably have a, a sprinkling of Highlanders guys who would probably crack that side. And I'm talking about the likes of Aaron Smith, uh, Liam, Liam Coltman, um, Michaele too, Marino Michaele too. He'd probably he'd probably crack that that side. Also, um, uh, uh, Frizzell would probably make that side. Paddy Paddy Parkinson as um, as probably at number two or number three lock. You would still have a very good side. And you know what? I would probably still back that South Island side to beat a stronger North Island side simply because they would have the combination of mostly the Crusaders uh, to me it's it's quite straightforward we're overthinking it <laughs> Dwayne what do you, what do you what, 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 what's, give, give us a player's view uh, I, I actually agree with it um, only because it'll be uh, a, a little bit more competitive um, if you're to look at the likes of the teams that are playing well um, you know, right now uh, it's the Blues and the Crusaders um, so, you know, on paper, you'd probably back the South Island um, if we were to go with what Stephen was just saying, you know, you pick the best of and the Crusaders and the Highlanders, um, which will represent the South Island. Um, and then you pick the best of the North, which is, you know, a combination of three. Um, then you've got some exciting rugby. Um, it'll still be tough. Um, you know, I, I think it'll be a very competitive game. Um, but on form right now, it'll probably just edge the North Island team just to do just well. Um, I think mm. um, right now, a bit of X-Factor. Um, obviously, with Crusaders, you know, they've shown that X-Factor in certain positions is key, but you've you got, you know, got the engine room and you've got a bit of uh, grinders, you know, sort of doing the hard work. So, um, and, and, you know, allow, um, you know, X-Factors like Seve Reese, um, the Will Jordans, um, you know, who's, who's coming of age. Then you've got a handy man off the bench, David Avili, who's just, you know, um, class and experience. And, you know, not to mention he's an all-black as well. So, I mean, what what a guy to have a bench. The um, and the the I guess, also I guess how are we expecting this game to be played? Are we expecting this to be an exhibition game with like a barbarians thrown around game, or are we expecting this to be a probables versus possibles trial game where actually it's test match intensity, but without necessarily some of the skill because obviously the players aren't haven't had that much build up for the game and playing with each other. So, what do we think? Are we think exhibition and barbars or full test match intensity? I want that black jersey. I 
think, well, I think either way, you'd, you'd probably see both. I think either way, you have it as an exhibition, it'll still be a troll um, for most. Uh, but at the same time, you know, with what's going on and COVID and, and New Zealand showing um, the way in terms of rugby and having crowds, um, it can be an exhibition as well. You know, it's, um, it's definitely some, some a game I'd definitely want to attend. Um, yeah, but probably depends on when they when they do play it as well. Uh, whether it will be a build up to international rugby or um, exhibition, which you know will definitely have viewers and bums on seats. Um, I think it's going to be two weeks after the Super Rugby, so it'll be prior to the Bled- to the potentially four Bledisloe Cup games. Four, jeez, um, for the, 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 that are apparently on the cards for this year. Four to me seemed a bit over the top. Or in fact, well. A lot over the top. Four games of the um, for the for the Bledisloe Cup. Um, but it's going to be um, clubbing baby seals. <laughs> it's going to get a bit same samey, isn't it? It's because I, I just this is going to be too repetitive. Having four games uh, against the Wallabies. I mean, we we play. We've we're used to playing them three times every year already. Um, it's not like the mystique of oh, here come Wales or Scotland or France down for three games and we've not played them in a series or for, 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 for like four years or we've not played them for two years. It's just a bit, it's just more and more and more and a bit just um, too much, I think. Yep, it's all about yeah, the money. See, Gwen nodding, it's all that it is. <laughs> you got, you got to look at Australia rugby as well. Um, you know, they're, they're going through a fair bit of drama um, and they'll probably build some interest. you you got Dave Rennie as well. I think we'll pro- probably build a great team. Um, and I think um, there's some some great talent um, coming out of Australia as well. And uh, you know, not to mention just before Super Rugby, they had a couple, well, two teams actually, Waratahs and probably yeah, Brumbies, definitely Brumbies. You know, humming. So I think they've got a lot of talent to build off. Um, and, you know, building into World Cup, you know, Dave Rennie will probably want to get his hands on a lot of the young boys as well. Yeah, I, I, Dave Rennie is. He's you've got to see what he did with the Chiefs over here. Um, yeah, he's a decent coach. Uh, you, you think he'd, he'd get the best out of that Wallabies team? Um, I, I think Dave Green is a special coach, but the problem that he has is he took over this year, all the players being disrupted, and all his contact with the players is going to be about this much. If we were playing this game next year and he'd had some decent time to build structures and build culture, mainly because I think. His, his chief problem to start off with would be to change the culture around rugby and the way it's played and how they view it. Then I would think, yes, they would be dangerous, but he's got so little time to make any uh, impact with all that's happened this year. Do you also think as well, um, with the current dramas of the pay cuts and obviously the, the certain Reds players that have been affected, do you think um, Dave Rennie will have a problem trying to get the players to buy in to his new sort of culture or what he's trying to build? I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I just go, I want to go back to the question that Paul asked about that North-South game. What sort of game will it be? I think uh, all-black coach Ian Foster will have a big influence on the way or style of that game will be played. I, I think he'll he'll want these two teams to play a, a specific style with, with some game, certain game plans implemented to counter each other, just to answer that question. With regards to Australia, I see um, 
one of our um, viewers just made mention about having a or not have no interest in a four game series with Australia. Um, I've I've actually got to go along with that, but I think with uh, Dave Dave Rennie. I think he's a very smart coach, and even if you look at Australian rugby at the moment, they've got a lot of Pacific Island boys that are that are part of their program at the moment. I actually think he has the ability to get the best out of those Pacific Island players, and there's some really good kids coming through. It's been, it's been proven in the last couple of years with uh, the way that their 20s have performed, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think they may have beaten the New Zealand Secondary Schools team for the last two years. I seem to be corrected. I know one. They definitely have. So, you know, I, I think it's something fresh, something new. And I think he'll bring a little bit more of a calmness to Australian rugby compared mm. to maybe somebody like Michael Michael Checker. Checker looked like he had the world of his, yeah, was hold, trying to hold the world up, if, if you know what I mean, and probably handling it quite badly at the end of the day. I'm, I, I tend to agree with John. Um, Rennie, Rennie, I know, unbelievable. Just don't talk about... South Africa's winning the World Cup. Oh, no, I mentioned it. Um, I didn't you know, bring it up. I didn't bring it up. Uh, no, I, was oh, I thought I'd bring it up before you brought it up. No, I, th I think they've got a goodie in Dave Rennie. I know, I know, Paul, you don't agree with me, but I, I think they do. Now, Simon Wait. has said something that is right on the money, which I discussed the other day with, uh, with Ian Foster, uh, and that sounds so good. It's a name drop, but actually I just dialed in. To, uh, he was on the radio. And what would be, I think, the biggest money generator for New Zealand, and I think would be absolutely terrific if there, were, if there was an actual South African tour. So New Zealand things, having handled COVID-19 so well, means that it is the ideal place, if you're going to stage games, for, for teams to travel to, because they can come, be, be quarantined. When they come out of quarantine, then everything can flow. You know, if you take a team to South Africa, you know, and they haven't got on top of it yet. Well, the problem is, in foster cities, the South Africans still don't know when they're going to start their own games within the country. And as such, they need to get battle ready before they play test matches. But if they were, I think you would generate a tremendous amount of money from a proper three three or four three test series uh, tour of New Zealand where you could have the Springboks play midweek games and have the Hartman games and, and get back to some of the traditional things you can huge viewership in the SA. And I think you would get a lot of people around the world to ESPN would take that no no question. The world yeah, I mean, versus Warblers. Yeah, that would be that would be a big sell. It would be. I want to get onto the um, club th club rugby uh, just quickly. Nocturnal rights. There's some good young players coming out of the Reds, especially. Yes, there are. Uh, I mean, Australia also made the under twenties uh, final against France last year as well. So, look, there's lots of potential in Australia. The problem is having the administration um, structure in place to bring them through. Um, put bluntly, um, Stephen. Let's um, move on to. Let, let's start off with um, the. Uh, uh, the, the the Northland there um, looks like uh, Western Sharks, um, Mar old old Mar old boys Marist and uh, Horror Horror uh, have started the season well up north. 
Yeah, they have. Uh, the Western Sharks, though, to be fair, they've probably played uh, two of the bottom teams. I'll quickly go through that results. Close one at uh, home for uh, Kitty Kitty at home went down to the visiting Horahora team, uh, 22-20. Now, Horahora have um, done some good recruiting this year. Got the likes of Carter Pryor playing at uh, number eight, but got a couple of other Northland boys. Dan Hawkins at first five. Uh, Warren Dunn, who's played uh, played for Northland. Jacob Mutchu, who, um, a Northland boy who uh, Dwayne would have come across playing for Suburbs a few seasons back at number eight. Not a not a big number eight, but boys as tough as they come is, uh, is Jacob Mutchu. Um, um, Mount Albert boys, uh, Mount Albert boys, grammar pound for pound, one of the toughest loose forwards around. So Horror have recruited very well. Big win for Western Sharks, but like I said, they have uh, against Tikurangi, but they have a couple, played a couple of the lesser teams. Now the biggest upset of the weekend was Mid Northern with a 38-12 win over the reigning premiers Waipu. Waipu, a very good side, coached by former Fijian prop uh, Graham Jews uh, last year to uh, take out the Northland title. So uh, that was a real shock. They had a very good one in the first round. Of course, old boys, uh, Marist will be a team that will improve throughout the season. Look out for uh, this boy, Elisia Manu, who's um, the younger brother of uh, Pauliasi Manu, and uh, and he is a very, very big unit as well. Was in the Auckland under-19 team. Uh, so watch out for him and, um, of course, uh, Carmo and Wellsford. Yeah, Wellsford stuttering along. They've got about three or four Northland players in their side. The, the uh, Wright brothers, uh, Paddy Joe Atkins, and, of course, Rennie Ranger, who's running around with that side at the moment. But I know, Dwayne, you would have come across some of those names who have played in Auckland, the likes of Jacob Machu. You would have played against Jacob? Yeah, also um, Paddy Joe Atkins. Um, he was a Pekaranga boy as well. Very talented player, but he was, mm. you know, he was... Um, in the scene when you know we had some great hookers and and, and head props as well, or oh, loose head props, I think he was. Um, so you know, it's good to see him. Um, in, in the Northland jersey, he was a, a proud Northland man, and um, it was good to see. Um, you know, Kara Pryor, I think he's um, what he's, did you say he's up in uh, one of the North teams as well. So, um, some great, great names. Um, great to see them still playing, and um, you know, it just builds that Northland sort of. Um, competitiveness um, up there, getting the Mitre 10 boys to play or, or Super Rugby fringe players to play club rugby. So that's awesome. Great to see. Mm-hmm. Dwayne, Dwayne, have you played against Kara Yes, I have. I played with him as well. Um, you know, he was part him. of the Auckland Bees team oh, a couple, couple of years ago. Uh, very talented yeah. brothers. Um, so, yeah. Good. Um, you know, his, his dad is his older brother, right? Yes. Yes, he's one ex Holland, I think it was. That's right. I mean, Dan is a, is a good player and a, and a, a good super rugby level player. But to me, Corify is one of the great unrealized talents in New Zealand rugby in the last yeah. 20 years. I think when I first saw him play, I thought that is an all black. And not just any old all black, I thought that kid is good. He's got the potential to be a seriously good all black, uh, virgin great. They were all, all the things were there that you would want. And it just, to me, it's very sad that he just, it hasn't materialized like that. I don't know. Do you agree? Do you, did you see that kind of oh, no, I've actually, no, so I've actually played with him and he was probably one of the sevens that I sort of saw as a, almost like a center. He, he had some outstanding skills. 
Um, mm. Then sort of went, I'm not sure where he went. I think he ended up in, either in the US or Japan, I think it was. So I didn't really hear from him ever since. But um, the times that I've played against him uh, and with him, oh, he's, un, he's yeah, he's definitely unreal. He was uh, probably, a, you know, punched above his weight. Um, you know, he was definitely a talented player. I, you know what his problem was? He, he went to the loose. That's the spell. That's the big mistake that he made. Oh, dear. John, uh, would you talk a bit louder? Um, yeah. You're coming through pretty faint, so if we could talk a bit louder, that'd be great. Um, okay. Moving down to um, the uh, North Harbour, um, Stephen, and uh, Northcote leading the way there. Yeah, no, they've got off, got off to a good start. Of course, they're a team that uh, was in the final last year against East Coast Bays and they'd won uh, two years uh, previous. So didn't quite get that three-peat, but uh, they look like they're uh, pretty much on point this year, leading the table with uh, two wins, both with uh, bonus points at this stage. So that full list of results from the uh, the weekend has uh, seen Northcote with a big big win over Silverdale, 41-17. A close one between North Shore and uh, Kumu, 25-17. 17 and uh, uh, Kumu, a, a really improved team in North Harbour Rugby, a big win to uh, the current Premier's East Coast Base, 55-3 and uh, probably the other team to watch out for in the North Harbour competition, uh, Takapuna 32, Massey 20, the team with the bye was uh, Maris, so it's uh, shaping up uh, quite nicely there in uh, North Harbour Rugby, Paul. Yep, absolutely um, and then um, and do I any, any players you know running around North Harbour at the moment? Well, I, uh, well, I, used, to, I used to be a Northcote man, so um, there's definitely a lot of, uh, I think some Blues boys dropped down. Uh, Tolai, uh, who's a hooker uh, for the Blues um, on the fringe, so he, he ran around for Northcote. Uh, I think there's a couple of young young sort of uh, wider squad Blues boys that are playing as well. Uh, but North Harbour comps in, uh, is an awesome comp as well. Um, definitely competitive. And, uh, and, you know, you could see North Shores are, are starting to come back and, and play some good rugby. Um, always good to see Tacker as well. Um, arch rivals and down the road from uh, North Coast. So it's good to see those um, big clubs um, coming along. Um, Kumu is always um, there stacked uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, yeah, they're looking um, to be good this year as well. What's scarier? Can you think of anything scarier than a team made up of Maoris and Afrikaans? Eh? <laughs> that would be Takapuna. Takapuna. Run for it. <laughs> yep, that's it. Moving on to the uh, to Auckland then, um, where uh, Stephen was, was out and about um, this weekend. Yes, I was. I'll get to that game shortly because I'll go through the uh, full list of results. Marist 11, Grammar Tech 7. A big win there for Papa Toy Toy, 72-5 over to Papa Papa. And another big win for Eden, 65-10. They'll be thereabouts in the competition. And a real tough one out in the, out in the mud there at uh, the... Uh, Monaco got across the line, eight points to three in a tight one. And, of course, uh, Pakuranga with a, a big win again to cement their place at the top of the uh, ladder there. 58 uh, points to nil over East Tamaki. And uh, University bouncing back nicely after their loss to uh, uh, Ponies the week before, 36-12 over Suburbs. And the game that I attended was uh, Ponsonby 21, College Rifles 5, after Ponies led at halftime by seven 
points to nil in what was a very, very niggly first half. Like I said, boisterous home crowd, and they're pretty much right on the touchline. And they let you know they're there. Let me give you the tip. And, uh, you know, credit to Ponsonby. They're one of those sides that can just sustain pressure. Rifles had a bit of, uh, you know, had quite a bit of ball, but to be honest, they weren't getting over the uh, the uh, the um, advantage line. Their big number eight, I think his name is Ben Sauer, who's, who's a good footballer, big man, but makes a lot of tackles, does a lot of carries. Uh, Hayden Edwards, I think he's a, a former captain of college rifles, and they had some quality players as well. They had some quality players as well. The first five, um, uh, Zan Sullivan, who's in the Mora 10 Cup side, cup side and also so young uh, Matthew Grindley, who was a standout for uh, King's College as well. And we saw him in the Sevens tournament just down the road at Waitakere, ripping up last year in the Red Bull Sevens. So they are a really good side. But, Dwayne, what <laughs> there's so many superlatives you can give this Ponsonby side. And they, and the other thing they, they were – I've got to mention this. They, they were playing with a lot of heart, but they were also uh, playing for one of their coaches as well, Tani Fuga, who had a – and who had a, there was a, a death in the family, unfortunately, lost his, his moko and our thoughts and prayers from everybody out there in the Auckland rugby community go out to uh, Tani and his uh, his whanau. But um, Dwayne Ponsonby, they just they just show their medal, eh? They just know how to take all the heat. And when they get half an opportunity, boy, do they do they hurt you. They really hurt you. Well, as you said, Stephen, they're definitely a class above, um, and they're probably the team to beat, to be honest. Um, you know, yeah, Pekarang is sitting top of the table, but um, this will be a true test for us the coming this week. Um, but, you know, Ponsonby have probably shown um, the way in terms of recruitment uh, and getting some solid um, players in, in, in certain positions. Uh, then you've got some exciting backs, you know, you've got Danny at, at halfback and, you know, sort of leading the way. And then you've got some sort of solid club men in that midfield. Uh, a couple of young, I think an ex-warrior at centre as well. Um, so, uh, you know, the thing that's been I've always learned when, when I used to play them was you, know, you can have a great first staff, but somehow, somewhere, they just find uh, you know, some reason to win the game. Or, you know, they're just, just, just one of those teams that just stick, stick by. You know, if they're 10 points down, they'll find a way to, to win a game. So, um, yeah, full credit to them. And uh, as you said, Rifles is probably one of the toughest places to play it. Um, they've got a great crowd. Uh, and, um, you know, some Hayden Edwards who I've played against. Many, many times. He's a club legend, and I think he's, you know, he's probably top like 150 caps. Um, but yeah. yeah, good to see Varsity um, competitive as well. Um, I hear this. I've got some players coming back, so that should be interesting. So uh, it's going to be some uh, good club games um, in the next few weeks. Yep. And, and they're not the and they're not the biggest team in the world, especially through the middle. They had uh, Waimana Redlinger Kappa playing at lock, and Waimana is one of those players that I'm not sure going forward whether he's a a six or a lock. Probably looks a little bit smaller. Yeah, six type lock. Yeah, that's probably the way to look at it. But you also you look at the rest of these side. They had Alex uh, Dybeck, who um, who's played played uh, the Team Cup for Auckland. Joe Royal, the legend, who's played for Counties Monaco. They have plenty. I don't I don't even know his age. I, I interviewed him. You can check out our. Uh, uh, interview on New Zealand uh, Sport Radio as well. Good bugger gave me the time of day. Yeah. Of course, Jordan, Jordan Trainer, pretty amazing. But the guy who stood out for me and Dwayne, 
I don't know if you've ever switched from half back to wing after half time, but that's exactly what Danny uh, Tusitala did. Uh, switched from half back, half back to wing, and then basically they turn the ball over just outside the 22, and then he steams off for 60 metres for the try. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, look, I've they really I've are. Uh, Danny have played against him, and um, he, yeah, he's definitely class. Uh, you know, he can play half back, he's a good half back, but um, you know, he's even better uh, winger. Um, the thing with him is he was just a bit too small on the wing, um, you know, which is suit, suited club footy because he's quite nippy on his feet and, um, you know, he, he can cause havoc. So um, it's great to see him play well and, um, you know, we look forward to playing against him this week if I get the opportunity. The, uh, John, have you got a, John, do you see that oh, smile? Sorry? Do you see Twain's smile there? <laughs> that, that's a halfback smile. Let me tell you, as somebody who's played seven, when you see a halfback smile like that, He's got something cooking. He's got a plan. Oh. There's something that he's got up his sleeve that he's going to pull out on Saturday that this poor bugger doesn't know is coming. No, see, I'll tell crazy. you what, forwards, forwards hate when halfbacks small. You know, they, they probably feel like they haven't hit him hard enough. So that once they get him on the ground, you know, be careful. So no, I'm to try and stay away from the rocks. So what, what's going to happen between now and the weekend is um, is Dwayne's going to pop down to the hairdressers and get his um, tips bleached bleach blonde to take out take the Mickey of uh, Danny's uh, haircut. That's what that's that's that, that's what's going to happen. He's actually a good friend of mine, so Paul, I um, hopefully he's watching this. But um, no, hopefully we'll get to catch up and have a beer after the game. So. Uh, just two quick questions um, for Dwayne, just on Ponsonby. Their coach uh, Pete uh, Leuluso yep. uh, is he is he an under is here an underrated sorry Stephen you're breaking up there. Oh sorry, my, my apologies. Yeah, just the head coach uh, uh Pete. Um is he an underrated coach? Um I, I think he's quite young as a coach. I I, I know uh, I played against him um years back when he was playing twelve for varsity, that was a couple of years back. Um but I think he's got some great men around him. Um, you know, the likes of Kevin Samuel, um, I think, you know, Tani as well. And, and in regards to Tani, condolences to um, Tani and the family. Um, you know, he's a great uh, Manu Samoa legend, um, Harlequin's legend as well, Tani. And he, um, he's been a great support for us young uh, Manu Samoa players. So, um, you know, love to um, the Fulma family and, um, you know, hopefully they can get through this. Um, but, um, yeah, like I said, uh, Peter's uh, surrounded by some great, great leaders um, and, and a great club. Know, probably supporting him um, through his coaching career, um, and time will tell. Um, you know, I think um, for the best thing next for him is to coach a maybe a rep side, young, maybe twenties, and, and build into um, that or bees or something like that. But, you know, judging from results and what's been going on in ponies, you know, he's definitely doing a great job. So, uh, yeah, fully, fully support young coaches coming through, which is great. Do I do the guys who? Do the guys who? Oh, sorry, Paul. Uh, sorry, John. You go ahead and ask your question. I was just going to say to Dwayne, it, Dwayne, it's a bad sign when people that you played against are now coaching. You know you're that you're, you're no, you're no longer one of the young fellas, mate. <laughs> you, you know, I actually like. Um, I went to training a couple of weeks back. And I used to, you know, I used to, when I was a 19-year-old, I used to think, man, 25 is old. You know, when you're 19, you think 25 is old. 
you know, I'm 29 now and you know, a couple of boys I'm running around with on the field are 19, 20, 22. Um, so I'm definitely the grandpa of the team and that's that's sort of the joke in our team right now. It's grandpa or uncle. So um, they Uncle's keep me wife. youthful, they keep me young. Exactly. So Uncle Dwayne, so they keep me youthful and, and young. And um, I was just saying to Stephen, I think it was a couple of weeks back, that what I've seen in Auckland Club Rugby is it's definitely a young man's game. Um, and I had a good chat with a friend on the weekend, um, um, and uh, he said he, he's a 150 games for Marist, um, Locke, and he said to me, uh, if you were to go through every team, in the last or uh, this year, um, you'll probably see two or three legends, or you know, club men. Uh, but other than that, you, you know, it's hard to see you know men from a couple of years ago. Um, so it's definitely a young man's game, and it's uh, it's good for Auckland right? because the results have been great in the last few years. So you know, as we said, North Northland uh, North Island rugby is looking pretty good. But where where are these stalwart? You know the guys with the experience. What's happened to them? The twenty-five to twenty-five to thirty-five year olds. What's happened to them? Probably um, either moving to reserves or the Prezi's team and enjoying a few beers and stuff. But I think well, the like, style I can't of talk about the Prezi's team. I'm guilty as charged. There. <laughs> <laughs> but. But uh, I think I think the game's changed in, in the sense that the style of rugby, speed of the game, um, yeah. is more suited to the young boys that are coming through. Um, and saying that, uh, you know, you, you still need stalwarts um, to come through yeah. because um, they also teach importance of uh, the club history um, and also just, yeah. you know, just just being club men. Um, you know, obviously loyalty is always tested. Um, you know, a lot of players coming through school will go to certain clubs because you know the results speak for itself mm. Uh, mm. but you know you still need those clubs to walk to who um, you know, mm. definitely pop in and help out these young boys so mm. uh, they're still around but I think you. you know a lot of them you um, at 29 can nobody can teach a number eight better how to position their feet and then an experienced author you say this is what i need you to do and when he's there and he's going to move like this and that experience that's so important to pass on to the exactly. young age. Exactly. Um, no, you're actually, you're, you're right. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because we've got a young eight at the moment um, and he's quite raw and he picks off the scrum um, at the wrong times and stuff like that. So, yeah, as you said, it's just about teaching them that, you know, when the ball's going backwards or certain uh, ways that the scrum turns, that he's just got to go with the turn. And, um, yeah, just little things like that that uh, you could advise them. And, um, hopefully they pick up as well. So, yeah, you're definitely right, John. So moving, uh, do I, sorry, Stephen, did you have another question or, or should we move on to, work to the uh, women's uh, um, premiere in Auckland? No, I was going to ask Dwayne if he had a game plan to beat Ponsonby on the weekend, but we may not want to talk about uh, uh, that one on air. And I was also going to ask him if there was any, anybody in the Pakuranga the Pakuranga side is it is it is it quite a young side? Is there anybody that we should be looking out for? But I, listen, I would totally understand if you don't want to say anything on that with the game coming no, up no, this weekend. Cool. I mean, uh, obviously, Pony's uh, definitely a tough team. Always a team to beat every year, no matter. Um, how bad they're doing or how good they're doing. When you hear ponies, you, you just gear up for a, a, a tough match. Um, how we'll beat them? Uh, oof, let's just, we'll just wait and see. Eh? We'll probably talk next Monday and hopefully it's a, it's a W. <laughs> but uh, we've got a couple of young boys. Um, uh, Lemeki uh, Namor, who's uh, currently with the Blues Water squad. 
he's definitely a talent to watch out for. Um, you know, he's he can play sort of fullback, um, or out back three actually, and also um, midfield. Um, then we've got you know a second five Solofa who's come from Papatoi. Um, and he, he's he's good talent as well. Um, I think the player you got to watch out for is uh, a young boy named Jerry Samania, uh, tight head prop, and it's got some skills. You know, he can he can bang, he can carry. Um, reminds me of uh, Charlie Fomuina, uh, just the style of play. Wow. Um, so yeah, I think he's he's definitely one to watch out for. So hopefully he stays um, away from McDonald's for the next couple of weeks because he's definitely um, <laughs> one to watch out for. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dwight. The McDonald's no <laughs> Good old tiny props. Now, now we've got some. Now we we don't just cover off the uh, the men's rugby, but we cover, we're covering off the uh, women's premier rugby, and they had their second round on the, the weekend. A bigger win there to uh, it looks like uh, Manurewa over. Um, Marist 56-15, and uh, Ponsonby uh, too strong there for the uh, Albany uh, Barbarians. But the uh, game that was happening on the number two field at the same time as the as the Ponsonby Rifles game was Ardmore Marist and uh, College Rifles, and it was uh, Ardmore Marist getting the job done in a very, very close one. Now, I have got an interview that I did with uh, Patrick Toe, who's the... Uh, uh, coach of the uh, college, college Rifles women's team. It was their, it was their uh, second loss in a row, but they haven't lost uh, lost by much uh, this particular team. So uh, we'll follow their season uh, with interest. But uh, when I do get a bit of time, Paul, I'll cut that interview and put it up on New Zealand um, Sport Radio. But uh, wonderful to see our ladies out there. And I tell you what, waiting under the uh, dressing rooms there, Geez, um, I've got to say, some of our ladies, the, the body shapes of these ladies is just totally amazing. I felt like a jockey yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> waiting, waiting, waiting for yeah. it. I said, I felt like a jockey waiting for a horse to turn up sort of thing. Because, uh, these uh, Some of these ladies, are, uh, and I'm, what I'm trying to say, John, what I'm trying to say, John, is they're athletes. These these ladies are incredible athletes and uh it was um it was just fantastic to catch up with the the coach and just get his thoughts don't worry steve i mean i've, I've, I've muted him I mean, we've I've, I've i've cut john off um, yeah. <laughs> it's not safe um so the uh, yeah and, and it's great to see um albany barbarians there uh, obviously from the uh, north harbour um union joining in the auckland um competition auckland's one of the strongest women's competitions so good to see north harbour getting a team in there um even if they have had a tough opening two rounds um, of it moving on finally then to um the uh to, down to waikato uh, hamilton maris uh, had a had a, uh, a tough one against um Otrahonga, uh 026 hamilton old boys um saw a fraser tech 32 13. um morinsville um lost to tmu to uh um sport 17 20. And finally, university on the end of a, uh, a thrashing by Hautapu. Hautapu, um, the, um, the 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 champions from last year, uh, home of, uh, of of the Jacobsons, um, for example. Hamilton Burr is also playing there as well, uh, who's a, who's a Waikato player. Um, so yes, a stacked team in Hautapu. Um, so unsurprising there. And then Melville got um, got the bye. Melville, who um, saw off. Um, Hamilton Old Boys in a real tight one um, the previous weekend that I was at. 
Um, so yeah, some uh, so Hounds uh, Boys bouncing back from that loss. That's a good one for them. Um, and uh, unsurprising to see Ultra Honga uh, doing well as well. I, I expect Fraser Tech. Uh, sorry, sorry. I expect. Um, I was a bit surprised by Fraser Tech's loss. To be honest, I thought they were going to be there or thereabouts. But that's a, a real um, grudge match between um, the old boys and Fraser Tech. Their 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 pitches are literally a stone's throw um, from each other. Um, in that one. Um, and that's brought you up to date with the uh, um, with the the, the the club news. Whoops, I'm trying to get my mouse back up to get there. We go um, with our with, with with the club news. Then um, moving on. Then King Carlos. I mean, how, how dare how dare the the, the the Hurricanes treat him so and end his contract early? I, do they do they understand who they're dealing with here? I mean, geez, look. We've got one more, that one. Look at the jerseys we've got here. How can how look? So yeah, King Carlos has been released by um, the Hurricanes. His contract's been ended early due to uh, uncertain finances down in um, uh, down there. And John, having seen the Super Rugby crowds for the first um, three weekends, it's a bit surprising to see that they're still have that financial uncertainty. Yeah. Uh... I wonder if there's more to this than meets the eye. And I, I don't want to cast aspersions on the man, but you kind of wonder why it is that an assistant coach in one of the franchises is being let go and we're not hearing anything, anything similar from the others. A lot of these structures are fairly similar when it comes to the contracting of coaches. Remember, the head coach, like a players, is contracted to the, the national union, so it's, um, and, and it's something that's underrated when they look at the success of New Zealand rugby that John Cox back in '96 is brilliant move to not only uh, contract the players but he also contract the head coaches. So that's that's tremendous move. But these assistant coaches, yeah, I don't know. You know, um, Carlos has had uh, a number of coaching positions, including. In South Africa, he moved around a little bit. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think that if this wasn't such an uncertain time uh, with so much going on in the world, this might be one. If this was a slow news time, I think they might be able to investigate journalism down there to see if there might not be a, maybe a clash of personalities or something that it could that this that this occurred, right? Yeah, it's, we we do know that. Um... I think pretty much all of the uh, Super Rugby franchises have made some redundancies. It's just a surprise to see it happen um, halfway uh, through the season rather than – I thought they'd done their business before the season. And you think, look, we've got our, our finances sorted out uh, without expecting any crowds and then to have crowds and then to be cutting now. The timing just seems strange to me. I mean, all, all, I say all, all of them have, have – um, have have released people, but yeah, as you say, maybe there's a clash of personalities down there. Um, in that one, we won't ask Dwayne to comment on that on, on this sort of thing, um, as he's still playing. But um, the looking at um, the fixtures this weekend, we have the um, Battle of the South Island Highlanders versus Crusaders, and then the Chiefs versus the Hurricanes on um, on Sunday. Um, Battle of the South Island. I mean, Dwayne, this is one. This is this this is a big one, isn't it? These the, these two sides. I mean, the Highlanders always get up for this big brother, little brother kind of contest. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's definitely going to be a tough one. Uh, you know, Crusaders, uh, yeah, I, I really thought, um, you know, Chiefs were going to get up in the last sort of five minutes. It was definitely tough. Um, and I really thought they were going to get up and, and, and get that game. Uh, but, um, you know, Landers are a tough team, tough, tough team down there. So is, is it a home game for the Crusaders, sorry, Paul? No, no, it's it's, it's inside the Tupperware container. So it's in, oh. in, in inside Forsyth Bar. So, yeah, definitely some exciting rugby, you know, Crusaders. Yep. Oh, that would be exciting as well. So, um, yeah, Crusaders are a tough team. Um, you know, rain, hail or shine, uh, they're just dangerous. And, you know, they feel like the All Blacks have cooked them with the ball. Um, you know, they're going to punish you or, you know, lose the ball. And it showed in that line-out, that quick line-out that I know the Chiefs are blowing up about. Um, but, you know, you just can't fall asleep on them. So, it's going to be an exciting game um, for the Landers. But I think if Landers can get up front, um, you know, cliche, you know, you beat them up front. Um you know, lay the, lay the platform, uh, then, you know, I think the Rams will get up, but you just can't go past Crusaders. Uh, they've just got too much firepower right now and um, sort of itching to see Crusaders and Blues, to be honest, that's going to be a mouth-watering battle. Yep, that's the following week um, down in the um, Orange Theory Stadium. What, what, what kind of name is that for a stadium? But anyway, um, the the um, the other game, I mean, Stephen, Chiefs versus Hurricanes, Two sides we thought would be perhaps challenging for the top end are now both looking for their first win of the season. Yeah, listen, I thought the Chiefs yesterday did some things really, really well, but it was just those little mistakes and obviously just going to sleep at the wheel at one line-out because that game was it was there for the taking. I really think they missed an opportunity as we as we discussed last night. And I think they'll be really quite filthy on it. I think they might have a little bit too much for the Hurricanes at home. I think they'll be be up be up for that game. They've probably got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder about it. Um, going to be a hard one for the Hurricanes to to bounce back, like I say, like you just said before, losing Carlos Spencer this week. Uh, yeah, you don't know what's going through the minds of the players. There'll be, you know, players will be questioning why is that? Because, you know, from what I understand, Carlos was pretty well liked with the hurricane squad if i had to go for somebody i would go for the uh, i would go for the home team the only the only sad thing is the the long range weather, weather forecast says it's going to be wet in hamilton again another rainy game unfortunately we've got it's dry for this week and then suddenly the rain comes back for the weekend oh dear um we know what um, we've forgotten in the midst of covid 19 is the unfortunate truth that rugby in new zealand in June, July, and August is is a Macintosh affair. Bring your willies. Absolutely, and yeah. I mean, how inconvenient of COVID to hit at that time and have lockdown then. I mean, it's just it's just couldn't couldn't COVID have considered rugby and let us yeah. have 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 good weather for our rugby? I don't know. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's kicking off this weekend is the uh, Super Rugby AU. Uh, this weekend we'll see the Reds host the Waratahs. And the Brumbies host the Rebels. Now, both of these are evening games. So, Friday night and Saturday night. So, Friday night rugby, um, it'll be about a nine o'clock kickoff. Uh, so, that's back. Uh, and then you'll basically have a double header on Saturday evening um, there. The Western Force are having a bye in round one, but they will be back in. Um, back in this rug, back, 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 back in this competition. So, that's, um, so that's got to be, um, got to be good. There are some issues, though, because um, Victoria, and particularly Melbourne itself, has got a COVID explosion. I did read a tweet just before coming on air um, that uh, 
teams are going to have to isolate after playing teams from Melbourne. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how both the NRL with the Melbourne Storm um, and how Super Rugby cope with that with the uh, Melbourne Rebels um, and the travel within Australia, um, whether they have to relocate or not. Um, we'll see how that. I uh, do hope. I hope that every fiber of my being that the Western Force win that competition, <laughs> and then be told, "Sorry, you can't play with us next year." Yeah, well, they have said that it's just a one-season thing. The Western Force coming yeah, back to Super Rugby. Oh, please, we must all, everybody, get behind the Western Force. Get behind the Force. Must spend, eh? Go the Force. That could be us, New Zealand Sport Radio. May the force be, the force be with you. Yeah, may the force be. We're with the force. That's right. yeah. Go the force. Well, yes. Uh, the uh, the sea of blue. Uh, we all become sea of blue supporters. Absolutely. Um, we didn't get to talk about uh, the global season, um, but we didn't uh, get to talk about this weekend's games. Well, that's because we had, we had a whole hour-long show last night talking about the games, reviewing them. Okay, all right. The um, we can we we can get you on a, on a Sunday evening if that's if that's if if that's your place. If you, if you're thinking that yes, reviewing tactics and explaining. I just wanted to ask. I just wanted to ask Dwayne if uh, it, it wasn't so evident in this this game this last weekend, but especially the weekend before, the Crusaders. They've clearly done their homework and worked out that they they have decided that they will they are prepared to give away penalties until they get a yellow card inside the twenty-two to stop seven being scored. They don't care if you're scoring in threes. They don't. They will go up until one yellow card, and they've decided that you will not get to score. They will do whatever it takes to stop you scoring. Yeah, I guess there's a certain tactic for certain teams, and um, probably you know Crusaders do it best. Uh, um, you know they they they've got a, a system in place in which uh, defensively uh, they're quite safe. And I thought, um, you know, as uh, Stephen sort of said, the, the Chiefs were there or thereabouts. Um, you know, in crucial times, um, you know they made some some simple mistakes or simple errors, and you could tell by the frustrations of Warren Gatlin that. Um, you know, execution just wasn't there. Um, you know, that last pass or, or lineouts, um, you know, simple things like that, that it probably the Chiefs would have got up. I, I, I really think they would have won last night. Uh, but, uh, you know, as, as you said, what Crusaders are just a wild draw team. Um, they, they probably don't, you know, you don't really get an opportunity to get into their red zone. Um, but you know, when they do, as you said, you know, they're, they're willing to give penalties away to the point where they get, you know, Testing the boundaries with the referees, and that's what you got to do with rugby. You know, you test the boundaries, and I don't you know, blame them until you get caught. So, yeah, I don't blame them, right? I loathe them, but I don't blame them, right? Yeah. <laughs> because they—it's the refs that let them get away with it. You know, I think that my personal thing is that three penalties inside your own twenty-two under under pressure, and the next one is a. You know, especially because you see they do continually like this. And once you give them one yellow, it doesn't mean that now you start all over again. You're doing it again, you get another yellow, and then all of them. Yellow so the point is, they're playing to what the refs are doing, and, and they are an incredibly well team, incredibly well coached. And, and my hot take is, I don't think that they are as talented as we think they are. I think that they are just so utterly professional 
that they make the absolute best of all the talent that's in their team. That's why I said if Korapai had gone to the Crusaders, I think might have been a really good career. Because I think actually that there are more talented players on other teams, but that whole organization is just it's just off the charts well run, all the way through onto the field. Well, I'll give you a good example of a player who was, um, you know, second, almost third string up here in Auckland was Andrew Makalil, um, Stephen Menon from uh, the Māori Grammatic um, Club. And he, he was up here, he couldn't, he couldn't even get a foot into the Māori 10 Cup team in Auckland. Uh, spent one season in Tasman, played a Māori 10 Cup season, and then you know, the rest of his history, he played for Crusaders and just became an uh, even better player behind Cody Taylor, um, you know, All Blacks, legends. So... Mm-hmm. They've just got a great formula, but like uh, you know, I'll compare the Crusaders to also Melbourne Storm. Um, you know, you get guys who, you know, probably late twenties into thirties, and you know, they just have a way of molding um, players into their system. Uh, not so much flash players, but just workhorses, you know, grinders. John, I could give you a, a dossier of um, players who have played in Auckland Club Rugby and, and gone to other provinces. Uh, you know, you speak a grammar tick, Suya Haranukunuka, who probably should have been the tight head for, for, for Auckland at the time. Uh, Talini Siao, who ended up playing for the, for the Chiefs, probably one of the... Yeah, probably one of the most talented line-out jumpers I saw running around for for Grammar Tech. I think they were under Richie Harris um, uh, during that time, and uh, pretty much, pretty much got told that he was yeah, was wanted and ended up at the Chiefs. Very, very good forward. Uh, and I think he's retired. Has he retired or gone overseas, Dwayne? I think he's in Japan. From what I've, the last I heard, he was in Japan. But uh, you may be right because I think he suffered a few pretty. Uh, serious injuries. So Look, I would just want to say big. that Auckland have got a lot to answer for. But the fact that they kept Sohala Nuka Nuka from being regularly announced on TV is their, possibly their greatest hit. <laughs> because at the moment, Karakari <laughs> Parkinson is my current favorite name. He's taken over from Gilly's Kaka. Um, but Sohala <laughs> Nuka Nuka, and can you imagine if we constantly heard? Uh, uh, and the pass goes to Nuka Nuka, and I just, I mean, the uh, Auckland administration, really. And uh, no. don't, don't worry, folks, we, we are in the process of putting together a 10-part series uh, with Ashwin and Stephen listing every single player that Auckland has yeah, lost to other provinces, to other provinces <laughs> over the years and how this has been detrimental to the Auckland's uh, hopes. I say, yeah. 10-part series, we are going to have to edit it down to make it into that. Um, yeah. but, so, but we will do our best. Sort of like the Jordan documentary. Exactly, yes. If you thought if you, yes, if you yes, thought the last dance went for a long time, just you wait for the last bus out of Auckland, um, which is... Yeah. Uh, That's what we'll call it. That's <laughs> a brilliant... Ah, 10 points, Paul. <laughs> you know, you know, a coach once told me, when you look at a player... Don't always look at the player's fitness, whether he can do a jumbo test or a bronco test, all that, all that sort of stuff. Look, just look at at his multifaceted skills, especially when you're looking at props. When you're looking at a prop, in my opinion, you look at a prop that can scrum, scrum first, because you can basically teach him to do all the other stuff. I don't, I don't think you can. I don't think you can always teach somebody to scrum. As opposed to be a to be a ball runner, I think it's the other other way around. And sometimes some very very good players get get missed. And you're right, Paul. We could be here all night. 
Don't get me started. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We will be no back with the Driving More Show next next Monday. Sorry, um, at eight pm. Um, thank you very much for watch, watching and listening on in New Zealand Sports Radio. Uh, don't forget to join us on Wednesday evening for the standoff, um, where I'm sure the Melbourne Storm and their relocation will be discussed by the team. Um, and also on Thursday, swinging from the hip, they are getting close, so close to the England West Indies Test Series. They actually have some cricket to talk about rather than uh, just, well, basically finding an hour of talking about non-cricket on a cricket show. It's been hard for the boys, but somebody had to do it. Um, and then obviously we'll have our Super Rugby previews and reviews over the weekend as well. Um, don't forget to subscribe and you can listen to us on the go. Just search for New Zealand Sports Radio on your favourite pod catcher. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.